All right. Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast. I am your host, Kate St. Clair, and I want to introduce you to this wonderful interview and guest I have. His name is Jonathan Hurtow, and he is with the company Becoming You. And Jonathan is an integral coach. And from my experience and breath work practitioner, I I just tell everybody I can (laughs) about the work I got to do with Jonathan in regards to my own healing and my own calling to the table of working with my nervous system. So especially my audience, my students, my clients, anyone that really interpreted the world as a sensitive, as a highly sensitive kid, our nervous systems did so much work to protect us, to help us. Um, And some of us had, you know, a lot of trauma to go through. And like any healing that we take on, if we don't do the healing as an adult we don't do that healing then our nervous systems or our emotions or our minds can stay where that real sort of trauma is right and so even with all the healing i've done over the last 20 years i had to this year come to the table of learning how to heal and work with my nervous system and john was just such a wonderful teacher and a wonderful breathwork practitioner and he is really integral where there was there's a lot more to it than breathwork but um I just I tell everybody I know <laughs> about him and so I really wanted to invite him to talk with you talk with us on this podcast today so as is tradition for me I give you kind of the backstory of how I met him sort of how I came to the table of working with my own nervous system and then I did of course invite him to share how he came to the table of this work in his own life um, so to really set up that that humanness of how the work calls to us. I really wanted to paint the picture for you of, you know, maybe through us sharing our stories, you can see a bit of yourself and see how this work could be a benefit in your own life. And because you're a Kate St. Clair um, follower and listener, Jonathan has um, offered a wonderful gift that he reveals at the end of the podcast. And I will go ahead and include some of the details of that free gift in the show notes. So when you're at the end of this podcast and you're interested in working with Jonathan, there is, there'll be a link in the show notes of this one. And I'd like to just say, you know, as somebody who works with people that are in in grief, people that are confronting the past through the intuitive work that we do, somebody who is healing their intuition, you know, those of us that have children and many of my clients have parents that are at the age Uh, you know, the precipice of crossing over, if you will. Um, Just one of the things I want to kind of invite you to be thinking about while you listen to our interview is, you know, doing this sort of work, kind of front-loading the work of our, our nervous system prepares us for when kind of the bigger things in life happen and they happen to all of us for all of us. And so during this interview, we do talk about kind of you know, when illnesses come, when children grow up and maybe leave the house, when maybe a parent or loved one passes away, sort of how the work of the nervous system, if we're front loading it, if we're healing it, if we're working with it, how just that alone can help us navigate those moments. You know, it won't prevent us from going through those moments, but man, there's just so much good information here. And I'm so excited to share Jonathan Herto with you. I know you'll enjoy it. 
Okay, welcome to the podcast today, everyone. I have a very special guest, and his name is Jonathan Herto, and he is from Becoming You Integral Coaching. So welcome to the podcast, Jonathan. No, oh, thank you. Thank you, Kate. <laughs> well, I actually before we get started, I just want to let you guys know that Jonathan actually has a special gift for you. Um, and we are going to talk about those details kind of at the end of the podcast. So just be sure to hang in there. And at the end, he'll tell you what that gift could be. So, um, and like always, did you have something to say? No, no, no. Have something to, well, okay. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. Thank you yeah. for saying that. Did I just say a gift? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. So like with everybody I interview, I want to kind of give you guys the backstory of how I came to know Jonathan, um, just to kind of, you know, kind of paint that human picture of how this, you know, how this stuff comes to us and how we are guided to heal these pieces in us that, you know, sometimes we don't even think, we don't even know it's something that we're dealing with really. And so I met Jonathan and his partner Tresca in a money coaching group. Is that how we'd say a business coaching group, something like that. And they had both talked about being breathwork practitioners, nervous system practitioners. And like for a year, at least I'd been hearing, I'd been hearing this, the word, the phrase breathwork practitioner. And I'd always thought, oh, I wonder what that really is. And then my money coach always talks about integrating things into your nervous system. So again, I was like, Okay, I understand we have nervous systems, but I don't, I didn't really know and understand what that really meant in the big picture. So at the same time, when I met you guys, um, my son was having some issues, my 14 year old son. And I just felt guided in one conversation with him, like, oh, I wonder if their work could help you. And so I'd reached out to Tresca and I said, you know, hey, maybe Jonathan could work with my son. Maybe I could work with you. And she's like, no, just just email Jonathan. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then you first said to me, Hey, that, you know, of course, if you're willing to work with your son, but how about we work with you first? And I was, you know, as a mama, I'm like, no, help my son, you know, help everybody else first. You know, I'll, I can maybe get some help later. But of course you as a fellow intuitive, you just know, like if my son is not maybe, you know, balancing and grounding, that's probably cause I'm not either in some way. And at a minimum, helping me have some tools will absolutely help him. You know, and I'm a psychic medium and I know spiritual stuff and I know how to get answers to solutions. I know how to ask for guidance. But really, when it comes to like physical, tangible stuff in an energetic way, I am not an expert in that. I'm more of an expert in the dead <laughs> and external things than that whole internal thing, you know. So... I was also really scared because I'd realized when I, when you're like, no, I'll work with you first. I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then I realized I really don't work with men ever. You know, my counselors, a, a female, everybody I work with isn't actually has been, you know, female up to this point. So my guides were like, this is part of the healing process too. You know, being able to be vulnerable with a man and, allow him to help you and teach you tools you know you're safe it's okay so of course i trust my guides and i don't i i think it was about 20 minutes really into our session i that that totally went away i mean the whole fear of that i'm just i just committed like if i'm gonna do the work i'll just be vulnerable anyway so what's the difference 
and just you're such an old soul and that just was not an issue at all and i do have to say i think in your normal work you typically kind of work with people for six months don't you at a time yeah yeah that's that's what i usually ask for a commitment because it, it takes time you know it does take time and i'd asked you if i'm going to jump in can we do it weekly because i just kind of knew that this was going to be something that was going to really uproot my life my day-to-day -day. so you graciously let me um, have sessions with you um weekly and sure enough i think after the first after the second i i felt very ungrounded and it was kind of like you know when you work with this deep level of healing it, it uproots stuff because you're confronting who you are and how you manage and i think it was like after our second session i got that um speeding ticket which i haven't got a speeding ticket in like <laughs> 10 years or something but I knew it's like, I just, I felt like my, I was trying to run away. I was trying to drive fast. I was trying to distract to not feel what my nervous system had brought up just with like two sessions with you. So that was kind of like fumbling in the profoundness of the work, the, the powerfulness of the work. And even though I've gone through so much healing, you know, over 20 years, I know lots of modalities. This is one area I'm still kind of a baby in um, really finding my first steps because I have a strong will and I am strong. And so that's sort of how I push through all the trauma in my life. And then, yeah, I have I go to therapy, you know, I get counseling and talk to my guides. And I've been through healing on so many aspects, but I really was humbled. I still really didn't know anything. I shouldn't say that. I have to say that I didn't run away anymore like I used to. So because I used to not, because I used to run away all the time, that was kind of my coping mechanism. When something was really bad, I would just run away. And then I became a mother and you can't run away. You know, you really have to stay and fix this stuff. So in, in the name of love for them, I have worked on myself and I don't run away and I've become really good at confronting and just being really honest and just hitting it really hard, whatever it is. But really, I still, before I found you, still mainly went through life and through my profession and through motherhood, sometimes really hanging on, just really hanging on by a thread and you know using running or lifting or sugar <laughs> something so innocent as sugar um or you know talking to my guides to to get me through to the next one and then that would work until like lots of things went wrong and then i would kind of flatline but not run away as i used to so again i just kind of convinced myself that I was much, and I and I, I had been, I was much farther along in the healing process with my nervous system than I had been before. But really your work, get, I mean, you gave me so many wonderful to, tools that I use to this day that really when I just, I used to not even want to notice if I was dysregulating or deregulating. And now I catch it and I get really honest with myself. And now I have the tools to finally do something about it, that's not a band-aid, but it's just like to stop and really go there and to really get into myself more than out of myself more to really handle life as it comes. Mm -hmm. So A, I wanna thank you for the work that you did with me. And 
I also want to thank you for doing this work because I think you specifically and the way you do it is so special, really, really special. You can't find the way you do it in other people. So um, I think what I'd like to do is just really off the top. I just want to ask you, how did you come to this work? And maybe if you want to, do you want to define your work right off the top? I think first I'll give the story of like how I got into it. Okay. Um, and also thank you for the, the intro. Um, you know, I have worked with like most of my clients actually are women. And I've heard that often before that um, they don't normally work with men, you know. And um, I think people assume because I am a man that I work with other men. Or the majority of people I work with is men. But for whatever reason, I find myself working with women. But um, as far as like how I got into this, you know, I, I have, I think what, where I'll go back to is I'll probably go back to like my mid twenties, you know, and give a little history of me. And in my twenties, um, to my mid twenties, to probably my mid thirties, I'm almost 50 now. So um, my life was sort of like a roller coaster where I noticed that I had like months where I felt happy maybe connected you know i had a good social life and then i could have long stretches where i felt really stressed and worried um anxious or a low level stress that something is kind of just like in the background like something's on that back burner it's just burning and then i could also fall into more of a collapse where it's just like i just had to i, I just have to lay down get away from me um, I just have to be alone right now. So I noticed I started cycling through this and really I think the place that I found myself most in was the overthinking kind of stressful place, you know, and, and the, how intense that was would vary. Usually it was just something small that was just sort of there. So I, I in my mid thirties, I was like, I, I, I don't want this anymore. Like, I'm just not happy with, with this roller coaster that I've been going through. So I had some friends who were like therapists and like who were in this world of healing. And I had this one friend, her name's Kelly, and she was like, I, I think you should do Vipassana, mm -hmm. which is a style of meditation. So uh, it was a 10 day silent meditation retreat. Um, donation based was like three of them in, uh, in California. They're really beautiful. It's one of like, Palm Springs and um, North Fork, which is like kind of central northern, and one's way deeper northern. Um, so I went, and I was absolutely terrified. I was so terrified because it's a silent retreat for ten days. You're meditating, twelve-hour days for two-hour sits every single day. And so I started to learn their meditation practice, and that meditation practice is a little a lot about um, sensing into your body scanning your body starting from the top of your head working down to the bottom of your feet and up and down and up and down and you know and learning how like if your your mind gets busy how to feel into your body sense into your body keep coming back to the body back to the body with no judgment it just is what it is right so what happened is after a couple of days i noticed that um i was waking up at night full-on panic attacks anxiety attacks, really intense, like having like old memories. Uh, I just, there was just so much popping up in my psyche. 
And what was what happened was I was forced into meditating at night. So after my 12 hours of meditating in the day, in order to move past the panic that was happening at night, where I would have a panic attack, meditate, sense into my body, and almost start to feel this release of that particular panic, then I would fall asleep and I would wake up again and feel it again. And this happened for about the four, four days, four nights, where it was just this continuing thing where I was basically wasn't really sleeping all that much. But then that started to like level out. That started to whatever it was that I needed to get out of my system. I felt like it was like finally like leaving me. And what it taught me this whole experience was how to meditate and also like how much I was holding inside of myself. I was holding so much inside. And it was extremely powerful just to know that I had a tool now. I had tried to meditate before, but it was really difficult for me. I didn't. I grew up. I grew up on the East Coast, blue collar, blue collar family. Meditation, things like that, they didn't even exist in those those culture, that culture, in that world. Right. So it was always hard for me. I was like, I shouldn't meditate, but it was really difficult. So that was like my first experience with like really tending to myself and um, dealing with like extreme difficulty. It was hard. It was really hard, but it was also really profound. The whole kind of like journey, right? So then after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a coach. And I had a, a, there was this interval coach actually that had worked with all of my friends and he came into my life. So he became a staple and actually is a still a staple in my life um, where I could start to like look into my internal world, my needs, my wants, um, what's good for me, what's, 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 how do I want to show up in the world? You know, it's like really just starting to dig into the things that, like you said in the beginning of this, maybe that you're kind of ignoring, you know, the things that you didn't really want to look at. And I was like, wow, okay, you know, this is a process here, but I'm in. Which then eventually I did breath work. I started to learn about breath work and um, yeah, educated breath work and uh, learned about different styles of breath work and learned about all of the uh, amazing healing capabilities of breath work, how it's like started to release a bit of the stress and started to learn how to like, oh, I, um, I can actually feel a little bit better today, you know, and and, and, and using it as a practice and seeing how it actually, um, if you continue to do it, it brings even more into your life. Breath work led me into the nervous system. So then I started to learn about the nervous system and um, just deep dove into the nervous system, learned everything I could about the nervous system. And that was really sort of a game changer for me because then I, the education in the nervous system kind of wrapped everything together. You know, like, oh, I sort of learned like my nervous system learns through experience. So all the things that I've been through all my life, um, my nervous system was learning through those experiences and was kind of reacting. And I just learned amazing things about the nervous system and how it's malleable and how it can, you can teach it to be a little bit different. You can change it through practice and through continued practice. And it was really, all of this was just a really profound experience, which brought me to the final step of actually going to school. And I went to a school called New Ventures West in San Francisco. It's like a year, year long program. And that integral coaching, what it really attracted to me to it 
was it wasn't like a normal coaching practice where a lot of coaches will focus on external goals of like, I'm working for this corporation, whatever, and I want to move up in it, which is great, I guess, you know, like, but that practice is about heart, body, and mind, about going on the inside, you know, and, and um, seeing what it has to say. And that really sort of wraps everything together. That was like the final piece of like, okay, I've experienced gigantic change, gigantic shift in my life and how I'm showing up in the world, just how more relaxed I am. And it took me quite a while to get there. And now I want to share this with other people. Wow. And that's, that's how I came to where I am now. I love, I appreciate that you brought up that you're an East Coast kid. And I, I just think that is so important because it, even in my work, I can tell where people grow up based off of their attitude about what we're talking about. You know, as I'm a Montana kid and I'm sorry, you are just considered weak if you can't, you know, pull yourself up and you don't talk about it because you don't want to ruin somebody else's day. And, you know, as mainly surrounded by country people, I mean, they don't really socialize a lot. So even even with the great burdens that they're going through at home, when they come to town or whatever, they want to talk about positive stuff. There was that real belief yep. system. It's like, you just didn't talk about that. I lived in New York City um, when I was 20, 20 to tw 22 years old. I lived in New York City. And that's a whole other, you know, kind of experience of, like you said, it wasn't even a thing. <laughs> but also, you know, some of my New York clients, um, there's this whole other level of expectation and achievement that I, as a Montana kid, I don't know about because that that was never really put on me. And so I, I just kind of just as out of curiosity, um, did you ever have to overcome coming to this work um, with sort of fear of achievement or any of that stuff as an East Coast kid? It wasn't necessarily fear of achievement, but I think like being in Growing up in the culture I grew up in, growing up on the East Coast, Connecticut, kind of, I wouldn't say woods, woods, but there were woods. I didn't have a lot of neighbors, you know. Um, I think for me, growing up there, being an empathic, sensitive, intuitive type of person, um, I wasn't, I didn't have words for what, who I was, is, you know, relating to those kind of qualities. You know, it was more like, like you said, it's more like just get a job, get your savings going. Yeah. You know, if you have hardships or whatever, just don't really talk about that a lot. Right. You know, just move forward. It's not that hard, you know? And um, I think it was getting into this profession. I think it's so outside what I grew up in, that it probably took me a long time to actually accept that this was mm. who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Yeah. I think that'll really hit home with a lot of people listening because I, I you know, certainly I, I did not know a certain, I certainly didn't know another psychic medium in our town, right? So on a lot of levels, it's kind of like we're coming to the table with these sort of new careers and, um, that can be an obstacle to coming to the table um professionally certainly but even 
admitting it personally. You didn't even, you know, a lot of people cannot accept that they're psychic because um, that means like a Hollywood character to them when really like intuition is a very human, every single person has it, totally. normal, grounded, day-to-day -day thing. So even just kind of that mental hurdle that this is not something new and different. Like you've always been psychic, you know, yeah. <laughs> you've always had a nervous system, you know. <laughs> I love, like, I do love listening to your podcast and how you really normalize these things i could use this when i was a child you know like being somebody that could see somebody in a room or you know being in high school and seeing a friend and and by the way they were kind of like holding themselves their body language yeah the tone in their voice like they're i could just always feel there's something else going on with this person right you know and, and not i don't know what to do with that yeah, I have no idea what to do with that. Like that was never discussed. I didn't, there was no words or labels for even having that sort of like sense. Well, that's like the beauty of our work. Um, I work to define something that's always been there and give people tools on what to do with it now. And your work is to define, you know, the nervous system. You're a human yeah. and you have one, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you do. And yeah. so really it's kind of coming back to our humanity. These are parts of being human yeah. that nobody really talked about before. And so finally we have experts like you and I just right here to have an, an actual conversation about it at a minimum. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how is what you do different than maybe other practitioners um, that do work similar to you? Well, I think, like I said in a little while ago about a lot of coaches, it's, it's goal specific you know get here get here get here which i feel like can put a lot of stress on people i think what it is what makes me unique is this combination of integral coaching you know looking at heart body mind you know um that you know tapping into that knowing of your body instead of being always out here externally like what's actually happening on the inside you know what what's what's happening in the heart what is your body trying to say to you right now what is it you know what are your needs what are the boundaries that you need to create in your life and then there's the nervous system approach which is a whole other thing but it's you know it's really important for us to understand our nervous system understand exactly where we are in our day like are we in a I guess I'll go into a little like education about the nervous system so sure. people kind of understand like what it is I'm actually talking about. Okay. I'm not gonna take a big old deep dive, but I'll give like a little bit, right? I think so if you look at your nervous system, like it's basically like a ladder. Your nervous system is this part of you that's wired in you, that is basically kind of in charge of your day. It's 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 the command center of your day-to-day -day and how you're reacting to things. So if you look at like a ladder you think of a ladder has like this ladder has three rungs or two rungs actually there's a top there's a middle there's a bottom so the top is the the ventral and when we're at the top part this is when we're connecting with others this is when we're laughing at ease feeling inspired feeling joyful this is what you're like when you're with your family and you know you're just feeling connected and open a best friend somebody you can really feel like you can talk to and you're just, there's like this exchange that's happening, right? Like when you're a baby, ideally, 
you know, you're, you, you're sitting there and you're in your ventral vagal and you're looking at your mom and you're getting the, those, these cues, your mom's smiling at you. Some of us experiences, but you're getting these cues that you're okay and you can be safe and you can be laughing and bubbling. So that's one part. Middle part was like the sympathetic. And a lot of people know this is like the fight or flight, you know? Um, this is when you're in danger, snake pops up on your path, you gotta flight, you gotta get out of there. Um, you might get in an argument with somebody. You know, I've got to defend myself right now. This person's in my space, you know, or I have to fight my way out of this. Those are the kind of the more extreme parts yeah. of it. But those also more like subtle parts of the sympathetic. There's the uh, overthinking, there's the uh, stress, the worry. There's like this constant kind of edge that's happening inside of you where you're like, you just can't feel quite comfortable, you know? And I know this place because that's where I spent a lot of my time, right, in my youth. Yeah. Bottom, bottom part is the dorsal, and that's when you collapse. You don't really have any more energy, and you're like, get away from me. I just, I need to be on my own. I just, I just can't do it. You know, that's that part of your, your uh, nervous system. So I think what's really important is we need to realize where we are in our, in our day to day, you know? So if, for instance, if you're like somebody that's a chronic warrior, you're kind of like laying in that sympathetic part of your nervous system, right? your body's producing all these like stress hormones to keep you going, right? To push you through your day, to get what it is that you have to get done. And if your body is constantly, the problem is, is when your body is constantly in this state and your body's constantly, your nervous system's constantly producing these sort of like stress hormones, there could be all kinds of like uh, you know, health issues that can, that can arise mental body like depression anxiety um high blood pressure you know uh obesity uh heart issues there's just if you if you were just to look up um chronic stress and its effect on your body you'll see there's just a whole slew of things that can that eventually if it's a continued state that can happen but also just as being as a human being if you're in this this state of um, stress, you're not being your most full, your most authentic, most expressive self. You're not going to have be able to connect as deeply with your friends or family because it's like you're in a you're not in that state of connection that that part's top part of your nervous system when you're in that flow. Your your body's balanced and you're 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 not producing all these like stress chemicals and hormones and stuff. You're just in this flow state and everything's functioning a little bit odd, better in your body and just for you in general. So I bring in a lot of this nervous system sort of knowledge along with that integral knowledge and, and sort of have um, paired them together to create a practice. I believe it's like kind of like more of like a holistic practice. I, I was, my heart just got struck when you were talking about um, you're in ventral when you're a baby, let's say. And I, I can't tell you how many of my clients and students, you know, maybe there was a disconnect from the mother. 
So they're like right out of the gate, there was that generational disconnect or, you know, especially my older clients that had mothers that maybe didn't talk to them at all, um, you know, because children were meant to be seen and not heard or, you know, whatever they were had to deal with. And I think especially it just hit my heart. It's like, especially as intuitives, as sensitives, you know, you can go through a whole life and you're trying to regulate with somebody. And so many people spent their lifetimes feeling unseen, ununderstood, too sensitive, you know, too whatever. And so there's maybe this big habit of withdrawal or isolation just to not have to be reminded that they can't regulate with a single other person on the planet. And so um, that brings me to my second part when you were talking about it reminded me that um, really Part of my work is to teach people to label the energy outside of them because so many of us were kids and we lied to ourselves like that maybe somebody did something wrong and because we're clairsentient we decided well it was our fault yeah you know, we we context intuition so strangely when we don't understand it um i just lost my train of thought because i got carried away <laughs> but um <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say, but basically it's just, uh, this is, I'd probably say 80% of my clients, even in their sixties, feel like they can't regulate with somebody else. That brought me back to what I was saying. So I feel like our work together, um, I'm an expert at, at teaching people how to label external energy. And I had a belief system. If I can control my outside, then I can control what's going on in me. So. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I've lived a life, even especially as a mother, maybe, where I try to manage who's around them. I try to manage, mm -hmm. you know, I try, I even set up systems for like, if my husband comes home from a rough day, like there was kind of a protocol, like go for a drive or do something before you come home and just like dump that on us. Right. So I, I was just like, I was exhausted with trying to control everything. Yeah. And so I feel like your work was like, the only thing you can control is yourself, Kate. So it did, it's like, I needed to learn how to be okay when everything outside of me was not okay. I, it's like, I wouldn't give myself permission to be okay if you weren't okay, because if you're not okay, it's my job to make sure you're okay. Yeah. So I feel like so many sensitives have that burden and it's yeah. a lie, you know, we can't control um, and also we have to give ourselves permission to be okay, even in the face of somebody who's not, um, I could carry on about that. I can carry on a, about a lot of things with you. So I'm going to try to <laughs> move it forward. Cause I think this could be like a three hour interview. <laughs> the second well, let, me, question, let me see, let me see one thing. Sure. So, you know, um, you're saying a lot of, you know, your clients, the experience like that, um, maybe they didn't have that connection or that safety with another person, right? At a very young age, right? Yes. And that is part of actually both our works and, you know, it has a piece of it anyways. Um, your nervous system learns through experience. So it's learned through, through, from, from all the experiences from your life. You know, I can't feel safe with these people. I can't feel safe with, with another person, a man to actually talk to that to uh, connect with right part of what i do with people and i'm doing it very consciously is i'm creating a safe space so they can feel comfortable connecting and their nervous system learns it's learning through its experiences like oh i can actually be 
you know, okay with talking to this man here. Yeah. I can be okay with that. And that's a lot of what my work is, is creating new experiences. You might have this whole life of all these sort of like negative, rough experiences that taught you have to be shut down. You have to have to fight for everything you, you, you know, you're going to get. Whatever it is that are these messages, your, your nervous systems learn. It's like coming along for the ride. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to help this, this person fight here. You know, it's like, I'm going to produce the stress hormones and stuff like that. Get them to fight, get them through the day because that's what we know. This is what life is about. And this is how we got to be. It's like, it's almost good to think of your nervous system as like a friend or something. Well, helper. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So through new experiences, through experiences of sitting with people, maybe it's not quite as conscious with your clients because you're not emphasizing the nervous system, but there's still an opening and a connection that, that's happening there. Yeah. That their, their, their nervous system's like, oh, I, I can feel comfortable with this person. I can feel comfortable with this situation. When they, you know, with somebody like me, it's more a little bit more conscious, and we're learning about the different stages and where, uh, what's happening inside of you, and then our nervous systems are learning at the same time through the actual experience. So, just to play off a little bit what you're saying, I love that. That's that was my experience with your work, and and I was able to kind of look at people where I tend to get a little bit more frustrated with, um, and go, well, what's their nervous system doing? You know, and it to me, it's that part of us that it doesn't hit the brain. I mean, it's just regulating yeah. the way it thinks it needs to without your input. Yeah. Well, eighty <laughs> percent of your nerve nervous system, like endings and sensors and stuff like that, are actually in your body. Twenty percent in your head. Yeah. Oh, can you say that again, just for emphasis? I never thought of so that. So it's 80% of like the majority of your nervous system is in your, your body. 20% is in your, in your mind. And and if anybody really wants to take a deep dive into this, I highly suggest you look at like Deb Dana, who has books and a beautiful podcast. Like she's the professional, the true professional in this this, this world. Or Stephen Porges, they, he's another one. Um, he It's polyvagal theory is the name of it highly suggest if you really want to go deep 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 in it but um but yeah so 80 percent is in your body so it's it's interesting to think of things that way where yes the nervous system is actually reacting reacting before your mind does it's got these sensors that are happening both internal sensors and external sensors walking into a room it's like sensing does it feel okay here does it feel safe here yeah and also your internal experience of like you inside this room and it's reacting to your internal internal experience and it's going to react how it feels necessary yeah. and it's been shaped through your life through your life you know it's like clay it's been shaped in this like kind of wobbly way and it's your job i believe it's all our jobs to reshape it you know if you really care about yourself you, you want to change or you're not happy like it's it's like it's really important work you know so important. I'd say in that scenario, our work would be compatible in that I teach people like if you walk into a room, you know, you could be feeling the clairsentience from another person. So that would maybe be that 20%. Oh, I know what's happening, right? Your brain engages. Oh, it's clairsentience. I'm feeling your feelings. And then your work would be that other 80%. Okay, yeah. well, let's get that body regulating. So just because you got the information doesn't mean you feel better. You know, I, I listened to one of your, your podcast one time you were talking about ghosts in the house. You were talking about your old house, I believe. 
And I was like, that's interesting. You can almost relate that to like your internal world for your nervous system, right? There are being ghosts in this house, in this room, that it's like it has memories and experience from being in a place. So it has this whole internal world. You walk in a room, your nervous system is, can, is reacting off of that as well, external, you know. But what well, you're saying about the compatibility of our work, like the way you put it was really beautiful, actually. Yeah. And that, that would give you tools for that particular situation from head to toe. You know, it's to get that mind to know what's going on energetically, because sometimes that's when people start to panic. Yeah. But then also, okay, it's clairsentient. So then, well, what to do now with the body? Because the body is still maybe getting really hot or starting yeah. to still, the body doesn't know what to do. And you've had a lifetime. The heart rate's speeding up a little bit there. And, you know, like they develop those daily tools to like, oh, I can slow my heart rate down. Yeah. Breathe. You know, yes. Breathe. And like, it's a practice. It takes time, you know, but to go really deep with it, but you can, you know, and you've, You've experienced some of the different tools you can use too, but um, yes. yeah. It's well, and, and I find a lot of sensitives don't breathe. I mean, I didn't breathe for the first part of my life. I remember I went to one healer, um, maybe he was a cranial sacral practitioner, and he kind of had my diaphragm or something in his hands. And he was like, okay, take a breath. And I breathed as hard as I could. And that was it. I mean, I just couldn't breathe for most of my life. And I have to say, even with all the years of meditation and practice, breathing with you was still hard yeah. um, you know, with the tools you gave me. It's because there's a panic. There's like, I don't want to breathe because I don't want to be in my body. So, I mean, at a minimum, so many sensitives have that resistance where it's so much easier for us to read you and look at the angel, <laughs> you know, we're outside, outside, outside. Yeah. And so your work is like, come back, Kate, come back home, come back in. Yeah. You know, I was with my kids I, and I was very, I'm a present mother. I look at them, I laugh at them, I look them in the eye, but I never considered, I'm still dysregulating and they know that, they could feel that. So my smile and my comfort is a little bit of only half the equation, right? Yeah, totally. And what you said about breathing in the diaphragm, I mean, diaphragm is a massive muscle. Oh, yes. Muscle. So what happens is we become, become more stressed in life and life happens. We start using our diaphragm less if we're not in this constant state of balance. You're using your chest muscles more than you're using your diaphragm, right? So your diaphragm actually suffers from atrophy like any of the muscle, it starts to break down as it wither as you don't use it. But like any muscle, you can strengthen it. You can exercise it through different breathing exercises. And when you're breathing through diaphragm and you're breathing in proper ways, you are sending those messages to your nervous system. Like, ah, I can breathe. I can be okay. Like that's, you know, it's part of it too. It's a, it's a big piece of it all. Take up space, yeah. take up space within your own body. Yeah. and strengthen that diaphragm which is a muscle which i can finally now breathe deeply and not yeah. chastise myself for not being able to do it <laughs> okay i wanted to ask you um what is it that what you do like what is it that makes it actually work you know what what are your sort of quantifying um qualities of your work that you know it's working for somebody well i know it's working with somebody a couple different ways when i get feedback like like you're saying like you can take your daily tools and utilize them on the spot you know um uh, this certain situation pops up with my child that normally would 
send me, spiral me out or send me into like a stressful place. When I know it's part of it starting to work is when you implement those tools to like on the spot or right after utilize some tools to like not be stuck in that place of stress and start to work your way out of it. Another way is like, you know, cause there's the daily tools and then there's like this, um, trans transformative piece of like your nervous system when you start really going deep in this practice and you dedicate it, yourself to it months and months pass. And I love when I hear people say like, I, this specific situation happened to me that normally would affect me in a certain way, but it didn't, or it was a lot less than it normally was. To me, that's okay. Well, the nervous system's starting to learn, learn a little bit here. It's learning like, um, doesn't have to react this way, or maybe they did get spun out a little bit, but I was developing a little bit of elasticity here in my nervous system where I can bounce back quicker. I'm not completely stuck here. And I think another way is like more of my control coaching kind of like background where people start to understand their internal world more and start to see um, the possibilities of, of like what's possible now instead of like maybe what's not in their life right now but what could be in their life or what is in their life right now it's exciting you know when they start really dipping into or altering kind of like how they're showing up in the world to a certain degree in their friendships hmm. and sort of having this sort of a bigger understanding of like what it is they need and starting to put themselves first really when people start putting themselves first and stop ignoring it ignoring like themselves when people stop just ignoring what they're just pushing to the side i'm not going to think of this i'm not going to i'm not this this little bit of stress that's happening it's fine i'm going to push through you know no big deal i'm just like, i'm going to ignore that that doesn't feel good i'm going to ignore that but when people acknowledge what's happening in the inside work with what's happening in the inside and then start to just show up differently through their actions through their experiences with others that that kind of stuff lights me up because i'm like oh, this is really starting to sink in now like it's very exciting for me mind you like you know growth isn't linear you know just going to a finish line you fall back you know, just a couple steps forward a couple steps back it's just part of the, the process but yeah yeah, so that all those those factors I mentioned, those are the things that the items. And now I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is great. This is starting to work. You know, and it's working. Um, how would you say, just to sort of kind of give everybody an idea, how do you work with people specifically? I work with people. It's all through Zoom, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, um, hour and fifteen-minute um, sessions. Mm -hmm. um, and we usually start off like once uh, every other week, but like I said, six months is the, the, the time that I work with people over. Sometimes we'll go over, you know, we can go long, we can go many months over and maybe uh, it depending on your needs, you know? Um, and sometimes some people want to see me every week in the beginning, like I really want to dive into this. And then maybe after a couple months or something like that, then they're like, okay, let's cut back to like three days a month or two days a month or something. It depends, everybody's different. Some people 
you know, there's maybe they want to go once a week for, you know, like six months straight or, you know, so I, I really, I allow them to sort of just choose what feels best for them. And then we just, we just go with it. I think that's so you go with what their needs are and I think it's just awesome when people can maybe admit what their needs are you know so many people I work with have spent a lifetime healing and they know a lot and they have different modalities and um and so sometimes it's hard to admit oh I don't know a lot about this particular <laughs> subject <laughs> I just I, I personally thought oh I'm nervous but how bad can it be and I'm just so grateful I did weekly with you because there, there, it brought so much up for me that there was a couple weeks where I was kind of hanging on to talk to you the next time because the breath work I was doing wasn't quite getting me where it had last week. You know, like you yeah. always told me, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Sometimes, Kate, um, and that's good to just be reminded. But this is really powerful work. So do you ever have people come to you kind of casually to work on stuff or is it usually people in a bit of a crisis? It definitely could be casual. Okay. You know, I've, had, I've had, yeah, I've had people that are just completely, they want to explore the work more than anything. They're more curious about themselves. Oh. Breathwork's a really powerful tool. Like there's some, I do certain types of breathwork um, that can really bring you to like unique places. Hmm. Um, I mean, breathwork is starting to become pretty known, more well-known. Yeah. You hear people like Wim Hof and some of these, these people. But it can be really profound because there's like a type of breath work where we're working more on like strengthening the diaphragm, lowering the heart rate, like these really kind of founding like basic blocks of breath work, like um, for your day to day, for your 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 health, you know. But then there's different styles of breath work that can just um, really bring you on kind of a journey into yourself, and it, it's it's unique and powerful. I. I don't do that type of breath work for everybody. Oh. I intuitively feel out people and where they are because sometimes they're maybe not quite ready for that style of breath work. Maybe they're never going to be ready for that style of breath work. And I want to stick to the basics and getting into the nervous system and strengthening the diaphragm. You know, I, I go, I tend to um, tread very lightly into like some uh, types of breath work that are uh, deeper, you know, but my the clients that have come casually you know uh, have become casually like clients those are the ones usually that want to like experience this deeper more profound sort of experience of breath work that's probably something like they've never experienced before in their lives mm. i never consider that that's a good thing for some people to know because um, yeah. it's not always about trauma and <laughs> yeah. you know sometimes yeah it doesn't always have to be like this heavy like not like every session's heavy, you know, but like we're sometimes we're dipping in some areas. Um, mind you, though, I'm not a therapist, so it's like I, I tend to always bring it back to the body and actually do love working with clients who have therapists too. Because I feel like synergistically wise, being what I do and what they do works really well. But it can be extremely fun. You know, I've had people just laughing and, and crying, like, and having these beautiful profound experiences and i love that stuff so much too because you know they'll come out of a big breathwork session and then like we get to go into it mm. you know like what was what happened in this experience of yours and then i'm always like rooting it back into the body you know we're 
in the back of my mind, I'm maybe not saying this, but I'm bringing it to that ventral vagal, that place of connection, because they just connected deeply in. And they're in that ventral, that place of connection with themselves. So then I get to be part of the ride and I get to hear what, okay, what was this experience? And then together we're in that, that we're feeding, we're feeding up each other's energies. You know, we're, we're utilizing that ventral vagal sort of energy, that place of connection and laughter and joy. And which is great for the nervous system, great for just anybody, anybody that wants to be open and happy and joyful and experience all those things in their life. So I love that kind of work too. It's a little bit different, you know, and it could be more just breath work focused and maybe not so much like uh, coaching and getting into the heart space. We can dip in there a little bit, but it could be more breath work focused, like I said, yeah. Out of curiosity, I just wanted to ask you, was intuition a big part of your childhood? Huge part of my childhood. Yeah. Can you share Huge. a couple of stories with us? Or Sure. Um, well, I think I kind of alluded to it, but my first time that I really, that when I think back and I was in school and I had a friend that was leaning on this wall and I just kind of like, and his body language and his tone of voice and the way he was speaking, I just really could feel into him and kind of like knew a little bit of just some, something's happening here. This person, I remember he wasn't being very, his words weren't very genuine. Yeah. It wasn't, he was like kind of putting on the show and I could feel that there was this whole world going on underneath like what he was actually presenting to me. You know, like there's something different. Um, I don't, I guess I don't think this is intuition, but um, you tell me actually. Um, well, that was anyway. Okay. So <laughs> I had another experience um, where I remember was I was home and I was, um, I woke up, I was um, still living at home. I was like, it was like a freshman in college. And um, I had a car that this is uh, 19 in the early 90s, way back in the early 90s. And I had this car. I was so proud of the stereo system I had in it. It had like this stereo you could take out to make it so people didn't steal it. <laughs> and um, I always put it underneath my seat. So um, I remember waking up one day and I just woke up and I just said, my stereo is gone. And I remember just seeing a little quick like visual of like all the wires hanging out of my stereo. And I went to my car and my stereo was gone. And then I even like knew the person is like stole it because I had an interaction with them. They, they worked at this, they're from the town I lived in. They were um, a mechanic and they had worked on my car. So nobody would know I had the stereo. Exactly. And I knew I it. I'm like, so many times. Yeah. And I'm like, a lot. Mm -hmm. so that was kind of the first time. And I haven't had a lot of those. Like, I think, like you said, we all have these potentials, right? We all have, like, it's, all, it's in us, all of us, You're right? Like some of yeah, us, um, yeah. I'm more of a feeling person, you, you know? But um, yeah, I've had those sort of experiences before. I'm like, oh, and that's actually part of the reason, probably, that I got opened up to doing this, even this kind of work. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, I got something here. That's not being acknowledged, but it's something. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. How, um, I'm like wanting to answer for you, but it's like, how 
um, how has your work helped your intuition? Now, me just knowing you briefly, I was like, well, you're so clairsentient, of course. Like, that's just your main Claire. You're just, I, I doubt you can stop doing that because you do it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has this work helped your intuition in your day-to-day life? I think it's just really fine-tuned me. And it also taught me, like, because my job as a, a coach, as a practitioner, in the beginning of a session, I have to be as grounded and open and relaxed as possible. I have to be as completely tuned into my heart. I have to have zero thoughts in my head and I have to just be there for a person. And I noticed that like, let's say I late, I'm coming home I, and I'm like, I got a session in like two minutes. I'm like running inside. When I start a session, I've got to drop right in. It might take a little bit, but I drop right in. But from that place, accessing that place over and over and over again through my sessions, I feel like I really like fine tuned it. A, I know how to do it now. I know how to like, I know what it takes to get to that place and how really embodied I have to be. And when I am in that truly embodied space there, I'm receiving information from people, you know, and I'm, and it's coming out words. And sometimes I'm not thinking about the words that I'm saying, and I'm utilizing all of my tools as a coach, meditation, breath work, and nervous system, and integral coaching. And these toolboxes are laying all around me. And and I'm utilizing this information and what tools to use, maybe when to listen, when to not listen, uh, when, to, when to not talk. Moses, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, that applies to life too. In my conversations with people, when I can sit there with them. If I can tap, be grounded, tap in and be grounded, then the quality of the conversation changes. The feeling I get off that person can change, you know, like when I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling into this, like, you know, this person here, you know, I'm getting a better sense from them, I guess, you know, who and who they are, maybe. So I don't ever get like, I don't really know their struggles. I'm not ever like getting that into that that kind of depth I just have feelings about stuff you know about people yes so. yeah I have to say one thing it's like the work is intuitive because you have to be in a receiving space yeah. like for my work too I would almost distract myself in or in the early days of my profession because I there's nothing I could do about the energy I received before they sat in front of me so you know I kind of stayed busy 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 and then when they sat down you just you have to go in that receptive shift into that um, because you can't think your way into this work it it unfolds in every moment intuitively organically Um, and the other thing one of the good things about the work that i do is i can go anywhere with anybody i can time travel with them i can go into their really dark moments it comes up often in our sessions and so Though I can be there with them, I found for a lot of my profession, I wasn't necessarily okay afterwards. Mm. So uh, the work that we've done together, I'm getting to be better afterwards. Mm. So it's like I took in all that information. I was with my client and then maybe my kids are coming home from school, but I'm still like in the state of (laughs) not regulating myself because of the information that I just had to really process and sit with. And so your work has helped me, given me the tools to make sure I take time after a session 
to get regulated, to process what we just went through together. So that for me has been transformative. Yeah, and I think that's really for psychics, mediums, intuitives, especially psychics and mediums, like when you're absorbing all of this information, it's so important for you to learn out how to release that. Yeah. A, to work with that on a physical sort of level. Okay, I can lower my heart rate, I can get into my body, I can start to detach from like, maybe the, the connection you have to this thing that it has connected itself to you, you know? And then there's, you know, there's our ways to begin to release it. You know, I've worked with people to release that, that stuff that kind of can get really sticky. It's so important because if you're carrying that around with you, yeah, you know, your heart rate's a little elevated, you're not sympathetic, uh, you know, part of your nervous system where it's, you know, it's, it's out your body's out of balance. And if you're staying there for a long time, it's it ha it's going to wear you out. It's going to have physical potentially going to have some sort of like adverse effect on you. You know, so it's really important just to learn how to release. Well, you're so intuitive because that was my next question. Is you know we maybe we could talk about just not all of them, but maybe just a little drop of like what what are the long term effects of somebody who doesn't you know especially as a sensitive who doesn't. Um, start working with their nervous system? I mean, anybody can just look up, you know, chronic stress yeah. and that's been in their health effects on you. And that's basically what's happening here. Your nervous system is the part of you that's creating the stress hormones that are creating, they're fueling that chronic stress. So blood pressure, heart disease, um, obesity, uh, you know, there is just a slew in, you know, depression, anxiety, mental, physical, there is just so many. Your immune system's not gonna be running quite as well. Your immune system's, you're gonna be potentially getting sick more. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen. You know, everybody's a little bit different. They can't predict it. But for most people, you know, when you get older, you start to see like your patterns and like what's happening with you. Like, you know, like, um, maybe some things are starting to show up when you go to the doctor. You know, maybe you're noticing your blood pressure is a little high or, you know, um, also can quicken your aging. You know, you can start aging faster, you know, because your body's just not balancing. And if your body's out of balance for a long period of time, like it's just not gonna be working in this efficient sort of way and it's going to add up and it just has, you know, not great effects on you. I, I know in my profession, even with some of my intuitive friends, so because we can clairsentiently or empathically take in information in our bodies from the dead, you know, it's like if we're reading somebody and their father passed away from a heart attack, we feel that in our bodies. That's, you know, I, I try to teach people to get it in other clairs so they don't have to take in that information to get validatable information you know it's it's good information but if you're having now heart pains there's another way to get that psychic information so i do try to train people to not have to get it that way but even casually where there was this one time um my leg kept like going to sleep and i kept feeling like i have diabetes i have diabetes and this like message kept going and then I met with a girlfriend who's also intuitive. She's like, my left leg's going to sleep and I keep getting the message, I've got diabetes. I, okay. Mm -hmm. So we were like, holy shit, you know, what was going on with that? So it was like a week later, we didn't know. 
We didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't even stop to ask. We were just kind of both amazed that we both felt this way. So like a week later, I found out that a guy I grew up with died of diabetes. So I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even bother to check, you know, because sometimes I don't check because I'm just like, my house is clear, but that doesn't mean sometimes when I go outside, people I know that have passed away don't not, you know, of course they communicate with me. So this poor guy was trying to get me to know he's around me. He'd passed away. Mm -hmm. He had diabetes. And I, I personalized it so much because it was literally affecting my physical body. So I do think I, you know, there's any, anybody who has sort of the typical gypsy body, I always know that person is an intuitive because that is how energy is carried over a lifetime. When we don't learn the tools to release and remove, you know, I teach people that, but also sort of on a, am I okay? Like sensitives don't typically ask ourselves that. Yeah. So with this work the, you know, that would be my next question to you. So they get, they, they begin this process of you. What could long-term, what could the long-term effects be with a sensitive or somebody who starts this work with you? How does their life look now after, after getting into this work? Well, I mean, it can evolve in a lot of ways. I mean, once you start to really get into who you are, what doesn't work, what does work, um, and you stop pushing things to the side, you know, pushing them away, and you start to really get into like who you are as a human being. And you're starting a dialogue there, you're creating a certain amount of awareness there. You know, that's going to start the process of growth, right? I mean, especially mediums and psychics who, I mean, you're taking so much on, right? And it's sticking to you, right? So seeing what's mine, what isn't mine, you know, who I am, but also, so that, that, you know, as as, you know, as far as like just being a growing human is just so important and also the nerve the nervous system piece of this of knowing where you are in a day-to-day and knowing that you can actually change things you know that you can that has such profound effects because you're not going to be stuck if you're carrying something that doesn't feel good and you're doing this for years and years and years you're not in the, the part of your nervous nervous system is where you're at ease connected in you know, in that part of our nervous system, we're our most creative, our most productive, you know, we're, we're blooming, we're, you know, we're talking to people and having these conversations, our bodies are balanced and we're, you know, we're, we're flowing. If you're in the other stage where it's like, there's this little bit of stress, there's a little bit of anxiety, it doesn't really feel good because I'm carrying this fucking thing with me. I'm trying to ignore it or I don't know what to do with it, whatever the process is. You know, it does have that nervous system effect that goes along with it, the stress, the, everything that's going along with it. So long-term wise, if you can learn, have the courage to look at what's happening on the inside, what's yours and what's not yours, learn to how to release it, learn how to like start to dip into the nervous system, regulate and create those long-term nervous effect, this ner- uh, nervous system effects of balancing your nervous system. So it's just not reacting like normal, the habitual ways is like learned through your whole life, but it's learned a new way and it's going to start, it's going to start new patterns of like walking into a room and not feeling a certain way. It takes a lot of time. 
but as there's just so many benefits from physical to mental to just everything everything of who you are you know what you can be is can be affected by this this kind of work yeah i love that it made me think about all the years i've spent i i spent years if not a decade solid working with my thoughts because of the patterns of how I would think and how I would interpret cues from my environment or from situations even. And what I love about this work is I had a lot of success with changing my thoughts. I had a lot of success with experiencing new things because of that, but the body didn't necessarily always come along for the ride. And if not, it was often an obstacle where I was like, I really believe that this will be okay, but the body's like danger, don't go, can't handle it, you know? So again, it's kind of that two part thing where yes, I think thought work is important, but there's an even deeper part here that I didn't really think about, which was how my body's reminding Mm -hmm. me or talking to me or trying to protect me. at the beginning of our work, certainly, I just really didn't really know how defensive I am still. Um, any little cue about danger with my kids, I would just go into like mama bear, just, just, and then I couldn't shake it. Like if I heard a news story that was upsetting as a mother, I'm now in my day defensive, defensive and protective. And our, you know, our work together, you just kind of showed me, do you need to stay in that state? <laughs> Like, and then I was able to finally work with my actual system and be like, there's no danger here. Absolutely. Now I can listen to the guidance where my guides were like, you're fine. You know, it's going to be okay. There was no, but my body would just drop into a state just by hearing a story about something that happened to somebody else. Yeah. I I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Like you, you know, becoming aware of patterns Yeah. and then um, starting to change them, you know, through practice, and and I love, really love to hear the part that it's, it's like open, and op- it opens you up a little bit more to your guides, so that you know, like that you are okay, you know, because I, I, I do wonder, like, you know, that um, how the nervous system sort of affects your right. communication with your guides, yeah. you know, it's like if you're person, I would feel I don't know, you tell me, but I feel like if you're an open, like regulated, connected space, I would feel like that communication channel would be even more wide open. But I don't know, you tell me. You're the, yeah, they just don't have to yell as loud at you. You're okay. But yeah, I feel yeah. like it's like, I see this with my kids. I can tell them you're safe. I can tell them you're okay, which is what your guide tells mm-hmm. you. But if their body is saying, I'm in danger, I'm stressed, it doesn't matter what mama says. It matters mm-hmm. what their body, what their nervous system is telling them. So I feel like this work is that bridge between the words, you know, the guidance we get, the way we think, that real true feedback of what's actually happen, happening, and then what, how the, maybe the body can interfere with guidance because the nervous system's like, you're not going back to your hometown. You can't handle it. You know, I can't mm-hmm. regulate there, so don't even bother. Where your guides are like, go, you'll have fun. And then with these tools, it's like, I could go back to my hometown and I can actually be present there without becoming 12 years old again or five years old again, or like feeling like I'm in combat, you know, from something that happened 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like bringing it more into the body, like feeling more comfortable in your own body. I really like that example of like the telling of your kids, you know, or um, yeah, and, and I think that is kind of at the heart of my practice is bringing it back to the body. Bring it back to the body, bring it back to the body. 
You did. You're so good at that. Okay, I just have a few more questions and then we'll wrap up and tell everybody their free gift. Um, I, I just want to mention this because again, I I as working with sensitives primarily, um there there can be people that are going through illnesses. We're not diagnosing or anything, but let's just say if somebody is maybe in an illness, how could your work help them process the moment of it, process the reality? Uh, maybe they're going through cancer. Maybe they're going through even loss. I would say I, I equate those to be the same, you know, loss and cancer and illness because it's all transformative. Like your life's going to change. How would somebody who's going through an illness, let's just say, or a loss, come to the table of your work? Um, and how could the work help them? Yeah, um, I've experienced this before. And I'm not going to make any claims of like my work could cure you or anything like that. But what I have found with my work, first of all, it's going to it, it's it's going to enhance your your um, ability. Um, hold on, let me backtrack. I think what my work does is this: is that if you let's say you have an illness, I've had people have had illnesses before. That the worry of that illness can be something that's like all consuming. Oh, yes. Especially if it's something you can, you can die from. Right? It's this all consuming space. It's really hard to escape the worry about that, right? Which also has a nervous system effect to it. If you're worrying, your your um sympathetic nervous system is running, right? You're producing some stress chemicals there, and you know, and that's not really aiding or helping the healing process at all, right? So I think what my work does is it allows people to be able to detach from the worry, even if it's just for one session with somebody. And what I'll do is provide, it, we'll practice together in a session because I, I find that it often I'm really needed in these sort of situations because the pull of the worry is so strong. You know, if it's something that could threaten your life, man that is a strong 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 worry that person needs a lot of care so for, to be there with that person and and help them detach provides a lot of relief you know just in the moment and it can provide a different sort of perspective change i've worked with people that your perspective on it's this is really unique, but their perspective on death can actually even change. I think it's because it's like once you detach from the that worry, the worry of it that's just all consuming, and you get a little bit of a space from it, your point of view can change a little bit. I'm not even making claims here. That's right. it, that that's person to person. Yeah. But also your immune system is going to start potentially running a little bit more efficiently. Because if you are dedicate yourself to practices like breath work, things that lower the heart rate, that get you into you know, the upper part of your nervous system, which is that balance, your immune system's gonna be functioning a little bit better, you know, and which also can can help with like the healing process. Again, no claims, but it I've experienced these sort of situations before with people and it can be really profound, you know, really, really profound. And I, you know, I've seen some things where it's like, it's a struggle, you know, like it's that, uh, getting, you know, if it's cancer, you know, like they go to the doctor and they got a lump, 
and maybe there's level, you know, another level, you know, after going through it once and, you know, something's happening. And it's, so it's like, it's just ebb and flow sort of practice. But I found it's that work, work with people that are sick, you know, and I always first tell them, go to your doctor and tell them what you're doing. Can you do breath work? Can you, is this, is this going to service you? Cause I always got to get the okay from the doctor, you know, first and foremost, every single time. And then, um, and then we'll go and we'll, we'll just start working together and, and just trying to get a little bit of space from the worry. Can get a little bit of space from the worry is that, you know, can we detach a teeny bit? It's like meditation, detaching from the worry of your mind, but it's just a much bigger worry, right? So that's, you know, that's been my experience with working with, with people that have illnesses. Um, and it'd be really profound when somebody's going through this process. And, and um, I've seen it a handful of times of people like coming to a different place of like, it's scary. It's always gonna be scary, but like potentially shifting their um, relationship with like death, you know? I imagine it would, that would be the same for anyone who's in grief yeah. and maybe um, how this work could be so healing and transformative for anyone you know even like me like because of the work that i do because my i've got younger children i mean they're still home um you know when something really happens like a death but you're already on the edge <laughs> that's just one thing that can really flatten people you know yeah. i wouldn't say destroy them but i will say it could flatten them for a good chunk of their life and and I would just say, as somebody who works with people that are in grief a lot, that this could be great to work to come to the table of, so that when and if that, when that time comes for all of us, you know, when our loved ones cross over, we're not already hanging on by a thread, you know, holding on by our fingertips. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that front loading, as my um, therapist calls it, where you're you're taking actions to learn about your nervous system. You're learning the tools to engage with it. So when life hits that real crisis point, you already have some tools with your nervous system. So it's not just another down thing that could just throw us over the edge. Okay, I could talk to you forever. So I'm gonna try one, to wrap one, up. One last thing too, one little yeah. addition. You know, and I have worked with some people that have grief and trauma and stuff like that. And it's always a bit of a feeling out process. You know, I have my first like consult call, right? Mm -hmm. What I've done with certain people is if they're not seeing a therapist, sometimes they, I'll suggest or I'll say, in order for you to work with me, I want you to see a therapist, mm -hmm. therapist because I, you know, that if that trauma is really deep, if that group, and I feel like this person maybe um, needs that extra level of support, yeah. it can be a requirement that, I, that in order for me to work with you, you need to have a therapist and this needs to be. Not that I have contact with the therapist, but there needs to be more support here for you because I'm not qualified to go into all of your trauma, if, especially if it starts arising in sessions if it's really big and deep. It's like, you know, it's it's a big feeling out process for me. And I always follow my intuition on that, that part of things of like, is this person, you know, a one-on-one -on -one, or is this person one-on-one -on -one plus a therapist who's going to be one-on-one -on -one as well, you know? Yes. Just want to throw that out there. Well, I think that's beautiful to say. Yes. Yeah. Um, if somebody wants to work with you, uh, what does that typically look like? Like, how do they find me? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, so they just go to my website. It's um, my name, John, no H J O N H U R T E A U. I'm sure you'll put a link into. Uh, I will. Yeah. This episode, and um, I always do a console call. You know, I was just a bit of a questionnaire on there. You know, just have an understanding. Uh, of, you know what, who you are, a little bit maybe like what your um, concerns are, what you, what you were looking for out of uh, working together, and. Um, we do our console call and we see if we're a good fit. You know, like and if we're a good fit and both parties feel good about it and we move forward. Maybe I'm not. Maybe they're like, hey, you know what, I think I want to work with so and so. And that's fine too. So I always just use that console call just to feel a person out, they feel me out, and then if the stars align, let me do it. Excellent. And yeah. I guess this is a great time to just talk about that pay it forward gift, that free yeah, gift so, for our listeners. Yeah, my free gift. So basically what I'm doing is because I love Kate. I've loved working with you. It's just, it's been, I really love all my clients, but like, I just, I, I just love getting to know people. And, and I love what you represent and who you are in the world. So what I want to do is, is, offer a, a free session for uh, one of your listeners. Um, basically go on my site, click consultation, um, and you know, there's a little questionnaire you're gonna fill out. And I think there's a part that says like, who referred you? And if you just put Kate in there or, Kate, or pay it forward or whatever you wanna put in there, put it in there and then I know. And then, um, yeah, so it's, it's I, do, I do this every once in a while, you know, because I want to, I believe in my work. I really do believe in my work. I believe I can help people. And if you are one of those people that are like, eh, I don't know, uh, you know, I can just, it's not that big of a deal. I can keep going on like this, whatever. I don't want to go into those places. I don't want to deal with it. Eh. I'm hoping maybe this will incentivize you to like, you know what, if, if there's a part of you that's saying that you need some change, that you want just to step into something else, then come on down. You know, I would love, I would love to hear from you. Excellent. I, I was so touched with, even from our first session, you were so interested and um, I could tell you're doing everything you could, uh, even at, you even addressed my mediumship. Like, is there anything, like, do I need to even like, tell people, like, what do I need to do to make you safe? And I was like, ah, this guy gets it. Uh, but also, I, you know, I tell so many people about your work because you gave such care for the maybe sometimes different ways we all do energy and we all do, in, you know, bring in information and you're willing to kind of adjust, not that I needed you to, but you were willing to adjust to make sure I was okay um, in the face of the work. So for that, I just wanted to share you with my community, make sure that they know that you you and your work are here for them as well. Because um, I just think it's such a beautiful and rare gift to be able to work with somebody that can speak this language. Mm. And a lot, of, a lot of my students and friends don't want to go to therapists because they feel very un understood. They don't feel like they get it. <laughs> You know, sometimes they have to find different therapists because they don't understand intuition or I feel like that's becoming much less of a thing. You know, now if I go to a doctor and I say I'm a psychic medium, they'll be like, so is my college roommate. You know, like they don't care. Like yeah. it's becoming something where it's not quite so that's weird. Tell me about, you know, tell me about that. Or um, so everybody go to 
Uh, can you give me your website? Can you like spell it out for me? I will put the, never yeah. mind. I'll go ahead and I'll put a note I'll in. I'll spell it out one more okay. time. So it's J O N H U R T E A U dot com. Just my name. Thank you. And, um, and you'll go in and you'll put in a pay it forward or a Kate St. Clair. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Or Kate's friend. With the consultation, little button there, just click it and click a time. Yeah, pay it forward, Kate St. Clair. And um, I would love to, love to sit with you. Excellent. Thank you yeah. so much for being here, John. Thank you for your work. Thank you for spending time with us. Yeah, um, thank you so much. This was really, really great. Like I just, I love just talking with you. It was awesome. <laughs> thank you. Right. You're welcome. Um, okay, everybody. I'll see you next time. Thanks, John. Bye. Bye.